My name's Troy. I go by Troidal Power on the internet. I've always been vaguely aware of Johnny Mnemonic, but I've never seen it. And then today I saw the novelization of it on a shelf at Goodwill. So I decided to buy it and read it with you chapter by chapter. This is a podcast I don't have a name for yet. Hi, friends. Welcome to another Troidal Power exceedingly short form and weirdly serialized podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about Johnny Mnemonic. Um, I, uh, yeah, so I, I, I found this uh, at Goodwill. I found the book for uh, $1.99. Um, Johnny Mnemonic, uh, now a motion picture from TriStar Pictures starring Keanu Reeves, based on the short story and screenplay by William Gibson. So I guess he wrote a short story from which they wrote a screenplay and then this is a novel based on the short story and the screenplay. I don't know if it's technically a novelization of the movie because I've never seen the movie. Um, but yeah, that's what's going on. I'm not going to read the back page uh, because I don't want to know. Instead, I'm just going to tell you what I know so far, which is what I've read in chapter one, which goes from page one to 15 of uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Um, basically, uh, Johnny is a guy who is a... Uh, a data smuggler in a cyberpunk world where he's he's smuggling some data in his brain is going to be his job and to do that he has to expand the uh, the memory in his brain so this first chapter is all about uh meeting johnny mnemonic getting to know a little bit about the world that it takes place in johnny mnemonic mnemonic i always want to say pneumatic like a pneumatic tube but that's not it um, so yeah, he's in Beijing in a cab and he's getting a call from his agent being like, are you sure it's going to be okay? Do you got this? Are you sure? Uh, and Johnny's like, it's cool, man. Everything's going to be fine. Johnny's this very like calm guy. He keeps it together well, but he's also uh, a little bit of a, a liar because he's even lying to his agent. He's telling that, yeah, I got, I got like a Ram upgrade. It's great. And, uh, it turns out that he hasn't gotten the Ram upgrade. He's actually meeting somebody in the lobby of the hotel where he's supposed to be picking up this data and he's getting the Ram upgrade there. So Johnny has to uh, get to the hotel. And along the way, they get stopped in a uh, a riot um, of of people who are rioting about the the NAS, which is a neural uh, or nerve attenuation syndrome, which causes people to like get all shaky and bleedy and stuff, and then eventually die. Uh, and basically people think there's a cure and it's not being given to the public. So people are writing about it in the book, Johnny Mnemonic, Mnemonic, Johnny Mnemonic, uh, in, in 2021, this is happening. Hmm. That's weird. Um, and, uh, there's, there's a car park next to me that has a sticker on it. This is anime in the streets, hentai in the sheets. Um, so yeah, he, he manages to fight through, um, this, this kind of riot that's going on. It, there's a cool scene where he, uh, he talks about how he's got like this smile and he's looking like a businessman and stuff as he like goes through the crowd. And basically he's using the fact that he's wearing a suit and smiling as a disguise. And then as soon as he realizes that that's not helping him make his way through the crowd anymore, and it's turning like more from a protest into a riot, it says Johnny dropped the smile. It was no longer necessary. He ditched it behind somewhere on the street, like a trick hat, a piece of disguise. He loosened his tie. The crowd was moving faster and faster, and now he was moving with and not against them. He looked at his watch, then up at the ideograph above the street a few blocks away ahead. Or, I'm sorry, a few blocks ahead, under it, the words, Beijing Ramada. So, like, I, I like the idea that he, like, he... He's a spy, basically. I mean, he's he's a smuggler, but, like, he... he he does the spy thing the same way that, that like, a James Bond would tend to. Um... During the ride, there's an interesting uh, moment where there's a um, a woman in a red blouse 
who, um, like, catches his attention, uh, and, and for some reason, because it's a book that was written in, uh, 1995, uh, he's got to talk about seeing the swell of her breasts under her red blouse, which I'm like, come on, book. Uh, there's also a, a bit of a, a racist part where it talks about one of the characters, his agent, got surgery to look like a like a foreign movie star, and his eyes are all droopy now because they, they drooped his eyes too much, and that, that kind of sucked. So yeah, you know, it's got some 90s stuff in it. Uh, but anyway, the woman in red, uh, like, trips, and then a cop's about to, like, beat her with a stun taser thing, and he jumps in the way and blocks that cop, and then another cop comes up and is going to beat him, and instead he sticks uh, a tube of victimize under the guy's mask. Uh, and, and it sounds like it's basically the cops in this wear, like, uh, black masks so you can't see their face, and victimize is, I think, like, some sort of a mace. The tagline for it, it says, is turn pips, excuse me, turn perps into victims with one push of the button. Uh, yeah, and he pushed it up, and, and it sounds like a cop, like, inhaled something, and like freaks out like drops to the ground trying to rip his helmet off freaking out and it says the cop wouldn't scream for at least 60 seconds johnny knew then he would scream for quite a while uh, meanwhile in the beijing ramada there's uh, a pair of scientists uh from vietnam uh along with the younger scientist's wife and daughter and four korean bodyguards who seem to be waiting for johnny and they're wondering why he's late and stuff um and and they talk about how they should have deleted the data on the global net um, and the older guy says, no, it would have been suicide. They are monitoring every fragment of transmitted data. A courier is the only way. Um, so I don't know what, what they're smuggling exactly there. I, I assume maybe, is it the cure? Does he have the cure for NAS? Is that what it is? Not sure. Um, and then there's also uh, a couple of Yakuza who are driving towards the building. So everything's kind of, uh, coming to a head at this building. And, uh, Johnny goes inside to pick up his... RAM upgrade thing, but it's it's the wrong kind. He paid for something called an MDA-18, and instead he's getting a Pemex doubler, which the guy he's buying it from says is just about as good, and Johnny's like, no, it's nowhere near as good. Um, but he's, he's it's what he's got, so he's got to take it. And then there's a, a brief moment where somebody, uh, the, the low-techs uh, are video guerrilla fighters, like hack into the TV screens in the lobby of the hotel and play an image where they say, snatch back your brain, zombies snatch it back and hold it. Um, I know that, that Johnny, Johnny Mnemonic isn't the like be all end all of, uh, cyberpunk stuff, but that felt a lot like what happens, uh, with the watchdogs in, in the game's watchdogs, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, so then Johnny, uh, jumps in the elevator. He like, uh, as he's waiting for the elevator, he like plays like peekaboo with a kid for a second, which is kind of cute. And then he plugs in the Ram upgrade to, to like, uh, it's, he calls it a temporary Ram boost, which knowing what we know of computers now, I'm not quite sure how that works, but anyway, he's got a, he's got a 3.5 millimeter port behind his ear and he plugs the thing into that and it temporarily installs a bunch of Ram in his head, which he talks about like, it's peaceful, it's calming. He can almost remember like things that he's forgotten. Cause I guess he doesn't remember his childhood for some reason. Um, and then, uh, and then ding, just in time, the elevator arrives as the ram upgrade stops. The door opens. He stepped into the carpeted hallway and dropped the donut sack into a potted plant by the elevator as the door slid shut behind him. The donut sack is what the ram doubler thing was hidden in. He checked that his hair was back in place. He strained his tie. He adjusted his smile. And so it's like he's, he's, putting, he's putting his disguise back on. Uh, yeah, I'm into it. I, I really am liking this so far. I'm only one chapter in, obviously, but... Uh, I really like the way it's written. There's some really good descriptors of, of the world in a way where it's like the author doesn't feel like he's describing something to the reader that he thinks you should know about. It feels like he's describing something 
familiar in an interesting way, which makes the world feel very realized. It doesn't feel fake because the the way that the writer writes about it is like, yeah, you know, you know how like there's skyscrapers in uh, there's skyscrapers in Beijing that have long surpassed uh, the skyscrapers in New York and even have uh, where is it? Here it is. Uh, many of Beijing's skyscrapers were post post postmodern constructs, sprouting holographic virtual upper floors that change with the seasons. Dramatic by day, they were even more beautiful at night. So they just have they have they have projected holographic floors above their top floors to make them look even taller that they put cool shit on top of. But the way he describes it, it's just like yeah, you know, you know those things. Um, yeah. So that's the first chapter of uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, I'm liking it so far. You should read along. Uh, until next time, friends. I don't. That's that was my sign off for my other podcast. Oh, my wife's here. Goodbye.